大家好 ，Welcome back to the LPC Canteen. I am your host Elena. Hope you may find the difference of the beginning. Fanny is not here in this episode, so this time we'll have Michelle. Hi everyone, I'm Michelle.、Um, I'm、uh, year two in LPC, and currently I'm living in Block Three. Okay, so today our guest speaker is Bob. Could you briefly introduce yourself? Um, hello, I'm Bob.、Um, I'm a Hong Kong student. I'm local. And I'm currently living in、um, Block One. So we first know about Bob just because in his Instagram, like he shares a lot of、mm-hmm. pictures, lining up the mountains around the world. So when did you start and、uh, where did you go? Um, I was first introduced to like hiking from my dad, where I basically go around Hong Kong to um hike different mountain trails, and that was when I was like five. I I just hiked some like. Short mountain trails, like an hour or like half an hour trails. Those are quite short. But like my first time exposing to、um, like overseas mountaineering was when I was six, where I basically went to、um, Japan to climb a mountain called Mount Fuji.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was sort of my introduction to mountaineering. Yeah. So did you climb to the top when you were only six years old? Yeah, I did. Like. Um, I went to Mount Fuji with my elementary school friend,、um, which I'm still、mm-hmm. in contact with. And basically, we spent.、Um, we originally planned to climb that mountain within like twelve hours, but I think twelve hours. Yeah, but I think we、um, we end up spending sixteen hours. Like I remember when we got there, it was like eight in the morning, and my dad. Told us that we'll be back to, like the car park by at most nine o'clock in the evening or like eight o'clock something,、mm-hmm. but we end up like coming back at around eleven twelve, in、yeah. midnight. So yeah. So do you have any like the most unforgettable memories like in the whole hiking thing? Yeah. Um. I guess like Mount Fuji. It's is one of my most unforgettable, particularly because like I went there three times. Um, Three times. Yeah, the the second time I went there, it was during the winter, where basically the mountain is closed and we have to carry all our stuff to to the top.、Um, I didn't get to the top because like of some、um, weather and some、um, technical difficulties. But basically,、um, during the winter, Mount Fuji is considered to be, I think it's one of the most difficult and most dangerous climb of my like entire、oh. um, journey because like. There's no help, first of all, and、mm-hmm. there's no support of any kind, and we basically spend three days in the mountain,、um, climbing from around a, a thousand meters above sea level to three thousand five hundred, three thousand six hundred meters, and the entire mountain is basically covered with snow, with covered、mm-hmm. ice and glacier. So basically, if we manage to somehow slip, we can end up from the top of the mountain to the Essentially, to the bottom of the mountain where the forests are,、oh. so the forests. So, because nobody would think that Mount Fuji is such a dangerous mountain, but during the winter, because there's again there's no support and、mm-hmm. it's quite slippery because of the, all the trails are covered in snows and all the trails are covered in ice. One mistake could cost us, cost the entire team their lives.、Mm-hmm. So, there's there's one time where my dad led、uh, an、um, expedition up to the top of. Mount Fuji during the winter, and when they came back down during in the middle of the process, they basically one of the members slipped, 
and because they're connected with a rope, they oh. ends up sliding down the mountain, and my dad um ends up like breaking, I don't know, some of his ribs and and um broke his leg basically. To your dad? Yeah, my dad like because he tried to stop the um, fall using his crampons, so oh. he basically stuck his foot inside the ice and basically um. I don't know. Ninety degree turned his um, oh. leg, and and the smash he smashed into a basically a metal pole, mm-hmm. where his ribs are shattered. So basically. Have you ever got an injured? Luckily, no. Because Not like, so far. They're all like flesh wounds, so it's oh, okay. so it's relatively safe. But then, how Rest, did you yeah. learn those techniques? Because usually, when I go hiking, it's usually the artificially roll, like oh, where it's yeah, really yeah, flat. Yeah. But then I have never tried about like going through the natural way. And yeah. and usually, I watch some movie about like hiking, and then they usually have a lot of like injuries or accidents or really mm. dangerous. So how did you feel that at first? Don't you feel worried about your safety? Or well,、something? the good thing about like climbing at such a young age is that. You don't really feel the danger because when I start, <laughs> when I start、uh, mountaineering, especially like overseas, I didn't realize it was actually this dangerous until、um, that that journey when I went to、uh, Mount Fuji during the winter. That was my sort of the introduction to to the danger of of mountaineering.、Mm-hmm. But basically, I was I was a bit of an idiot because like I didn't <laughs> I didn't follow any safety precautions and I. And I was sort of a loose cannon because, like, yeah, I didn't realize how dangerous it was. But as time passed on, my dad like teach teach me some of the, his skills in terms of、um, alpine climbing, in terms of、um, snow climbing.、Mm-hmm. Because if you're hiking during the winter, you need to wear crampons, you need to take ice axe, you need to take a lot of gears that you do not need to take during the summer. So all of this、um, expedition and all of this.、Um, Equipment you need to take during the winter climb is is much more technical than compared to like yeah summer summer climbs. So you mentioned a lot, father leading you about the mountain hiking. Is your father a profession in this or he's a yeah he, he he was introduced to、um, hiking when he was a secondary student where his I believe his secondary、um, school friend took him to a camping trip and ever since he's in love with mountaineering and he. <laughs> He、um, opened a、um, company, I think, in 2013, where he takes people overseas to climb mountains. So he has some Hong Kong like climbing records, but actually, before I、um, got to know you,、mm-hmm. I have watched a video like the interview from oh, Apple, yes, Apple yes, News. Yes. So in the video, you said. Before、uh, you aren't really interested in hiking, but it's because of your father,、yep, and that's、exactly. why you,、yeah. you know, initiate this、um, hobby. And do you go to hike with your father very often? The majority of the time, yes, because like,、mm-hmm. um, he usually takes me to places I haven't been before. But、uh-huh. um, ever since I came to LPC, because like.、Um, It's it's quite busy and and I live quite far away from LPC. I I just began like hiking alone,、mm-hmm. and sometimes with some of my friends. But for for the majority of of my years climbing and 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 hiking, he yeah, he took me to a lot of places in both Hong Kong and overseas, because like 
he's quite like professional at a lot of stuff that you won't feel some um, skills that are necessary until you need to use it. Mm-hmm. So like during those times, you really need his help and his um, guidance in terms of navigating and, mm-hmm. and knowing those expertises. So you're really lucky. You have like a father basically is yeah. your hiking mentor. Exactly. Um, for those people who want to hike but they don't have any experience or any skills, um, what mountain would you recommend to them? Well, the thing about Hong Kong is like there's such a variety of mountain trails from simple like two hours, one hour hikes to, I don't know, like 10 hours or even multiple day hikes. So like, um, I sort of recommended people to um, hike to Ma Onshan, but I just went there a few days ago and realized it's actually quite difficult, especially <laughs> especially towards the top. But um, I guess a good starting point would be Saikong, because there's a lot of relatively simple trails in Saikong. And, and there's one, there's a trail in Hong Kong called MacLeo's Trail. It's basically a 100-kilometer trail. And uh-huh. in Saikong, it is split to like section 1, 2, and 3. And I think particularly section 1 and 2 where it wraps around the coast and it, I think it crosses some of the beach. Mm. I think those trails are relatively like, not only simple, but the view, was, the view is great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Saikong mm. is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any like, skills that you think is must-have if you are going to hike? Well, you sort of develop as you go along, but like... For hiking, it's relatively less technical than mountaineering because mm-hmm. hiking you just need to walk. But of course, you need as you began to like hike more, you you sort of learned how to, for example, like um, walk across some terrains that it's quite unstable. For example, um, in Hong Kong, there are many trails where there are multiple rocks um, along the trail where because it's basically a river, it's a river that's drained. And you need to learn how to walk across those trails without like falling into the gaps between the rocks. Those are like relatively simple skills that you get to learn. But um, I guess um, I guess the main skill is that you need to learn how to plan a trip. Mm-hmm. For example, like you know where you're gonna go, but you don't know what to prepare. That's often uh, a trap that many like beginners fall into because you don't know um, what food to bring or mm-hmm. or how how many bottles of water you need to bring and all those um, preparation before the hike is really important and yeah it sort of impacts the entire trip so I guess more of less preparation or the training it's it's good lesson to learn hope you found that <laughs> um, and then I heard that you also uh, traveled to Argentina did the hiking there is there much difference from your experience in Fuji yeah it's it's quite different because like Mount Fuji, it's 3,776 meters above um, sea level. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> where, yes, where, where the mountain Argentina, it's called Mount Alconcagua. It's basically nearly 7,000 meters high. Mm. And it's, there's a challenge called the Seven Summits Challenge, where basically it involves climbing the tallest mountain in every continent. And Alconcagua is the second tallest after Everest. So climbing a mountain in such a high altitude uh, involves like serious mental training, not only physical training. Because even though you perhaps you are fit enough to to climb such a high mountain, when you go up there, the altitude sickness combined with the weather, because Aconcagua is such a windy mountain, it's it's considered one of the windiest mountains mm-hmm. in the world. So all of this adds up to 
you really need a mental fitness in terms of acknowledging that you are willing to take the risk when it comes to having like dangerous weather and un- unstable conditions. And yeah, basically the mountain is much bigger. So like you, when when Hong Kong, when you see there's a mountain top like. I don't know. In front of you, it may take I don't know, 15 minutes, half an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. But when you see the approximately the approximately um, same distance in Aconcagua, it might take four hours, five hours. It looks mm-hmm. quite um, short and close. But because like you're climbing such a high altitude and you're walking in such a low at such a low speed, you're basically walking I don't know five kilometers in five to six hours. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, is this mountain the biggest challenge for you? Like among all the yeah, it's one of the biggest primarily because of the altitude. Because up there, there's not enough oxygen for you to um, rest well. So you're you're basically constantly in a state of um, it's like a marathon. Basically, when you're asleep, normally in uh, in like zero meters above sea level, you're basically your resting heart rate is basically around like. 50 to 60 beats per minute. When you go up there, it's basically increased to around 90 to 100. Well, even when you're resting, so you're basically in a constant state of like active activeness, I guess. And everything is in slow motion, basically. When you tie a shoe in at sea level, it may mm. take you around like a minute at most. But when you're up there, you need to plan ahead when to go to the toilet, because tying the shoes alone will take you 10 minutes. I can see myself never going there. <laughs> so, yeah, so when, especially when the weather is bad, you need to have a pee bottle where you peed in your tent because it's too cold out there. But luckily, like the day we summited, it's it's relatively like good weather, so mm-hmm. the temperature is relatively um, high compared to. And you're still to, here, so. Yes, I'm still here. I'm still alive. <laughs> what is your next challenge? Like the next mountain you want to conquer? I originally planned to go to Alaska this year during uh-huh. summer break, but like COVID and stuff, and I and basically we delayed the entire schedule. But um, if the yeah if 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 COVID allows it, perhaps I could go during next June to Alaska. It's it's a mountain called Mount Denali. It's basically the tallest mountain in um, North America, and some people say it's like more challenging than Everest. So. I'm kind of scared. (laughs) (laughs) You're scared, but you're still going. Mm. And I also heard about your gap year plan. You're planning to make a documentary? Yeah, well, I plan to make several films, one of which is a documentary about like mountaineering and and climbing. But basically, because I want to study film at um, in university, so yeah, so basically I've I've now written a couple of scripts for for my upcoming short films, and I plan to like film some of it during um, during my gap year. Why would you want to study film? I'm interested. Well, it again ties in with mountaineering because like um, in 2016 when I first climbed a, a relatively large mountain, I went to um, Africa to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And that was my first time um, trying to use a um, camera to capture my entire process of climbing the mountain. Um, that was that was quite a bad video, but like it sort of gave me an introduction into filmmaking. And also, I love like movies. I love watching Marvel, Star Wars, and stuff. So like filming those different videos 
gave gave me a taste on of what it feels like to film a film a film. And I always ask myself, like, how could I make my film just look as good as those in 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 a movie theater? So I basically, as I went along, I began to um, study about film and research about film. So yeah, now I'm writing films, actively finding um, competitions or, or or place that I could um, write and film films for people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So have you ever planned like? What type of general of the film you want? Is it all about like mountain related or more broad? Um, no, it's any film. It's um, of course it's narrative film, but like I, because of my love for mountaineering, I often incorporate the theme of mountaineering into my short films. So, um, a a short film I've written that I'm gonna film during my gap year. It's basically very tie very closely into my love for mountaineering. So mm. yeah. So, although it's not based on on climbing but or hiking, a lot of the films, a lot of themes, and a lot of topics are in fact influenced by my hobbies. Yeah. Myself, I'm a theater student, and yeah. I know a lot of friends. They want to do um, film in uni, but mm. they gave it up because is because entering the film industry is really hard and mm. it's very competitive. Yeah. So they just gave it up. I don't know, like encourage you or like make you so certain that you want to do this. Well, when you think of us, because like when you know you love a thing, you sort of keep thinking about it. I spend the entire day thinking about film. Usually, so like even when I'm about to sleep, even when I'm eating during lunch or like during breakfast, I was constantly thinking about like film and how I could um tell a story. So my love for telling a story basically it's what drives me to to um to apply for this subject in in university.、Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just love these subjects. I love like telling stories. I basically、mm-hmm. yeah. it's not it's not about like showing people. Um, how amazing this is, but more or less telling a story that you deeply want to convey to people.、Mm. Would you consider having a YouTube channel? I have one, but I didn't like push people to watch it, or I didn't like continually、uh-huh. show people about it because it's just. I feel like my my channel is more like a a, a space for me to collect some of my films.、Mm-hmm. It's more or less for myself to watch. But of course, if, like if people like to like to watch, I of、uh, of course they could. Yeah, then for the audience who are interested in mountaineering, you can just tell them what yeah, YouTube yeah. channel you are. Just say it out loud. Yeah, it's it's、mm-hmm. Bob Zhang. It's it's a very unoriginal name.、But. So check it out. Probably yeah, you also yeah. interested. <laughs> And then back to the topic of hiking. Yep. This year, I found the project we a lot of them about like hiking, camping. I'm sure that you're joining one of them, right? Yeah, I'm I'm leading one of them. Yeah.、Uh, What is that?、Like? Uh, land water. Yeah, land water. Land water. Yeah,、expedition. that's the one I wanted to join so bad, and I didn't get in. <laughs> oh my god! I think a、God. lot of people didn't get in. <laughs> How did you plan that? Having the members who have no experience in hiking. Well, my first introduction into leading people to hike is once again involve、um, Mount Fuji, because、mm. um, in 2016 I went to Mount Fuji twice. And the second time I went there, it was to lead some of my friends to the top of Mount Fuji, and that was mostly done by from、uh, done by my dad. I, I was there to help, but I sort of got a taste of what it's like to lead an a, a mountaineer expedition. And during like my secondary, my previous secondary school life, I basically 
led some of my classmates to various places in Hong Kong to hike. For example, in um, Shingbun Reservoir, the the Macleos Trail, oh, yeah, Section Seven. Yeah, yep. Um, so that was sort of my again, sort of my some of my introductions to to leading a trip. So I sort of, um, I sort of um, gathered the experience from those trips and implements into this, but um. Especially because, like, my dad also has another company involving um, um, corporate training, so mm-hmm. I also got some experience from from those like um, training on those those trips. And in terms of this trip specifically, um, I started I started with only a concept of leading people to hiking for uh, two to three days, and then another activity for two to three days. I didn't know what it was. I was planning to be like. Uh, mountain biking or kayaking or something that I'm I'm not used to leading, but um, as as I went along, I basically planned. I started with a brief schedule, like every day if I'm going to have six days of trip, what will the participant do in each day? And as I like progress, I now know like for example day one to day three, I now want to organize a kayak trip, and day four to day six, I want to organize a hiking or camping trip. So once I got those itineraries sorted out, I could start to ask um, organizations from from outside school to see if they are willing to to help or willing to um, um, help help us to organize this this trip. So a big part of this trip involves asking AYP. AYP is the um, Award for Young People um, organization. It's basically water sports. Um, center in Tai uh, Mong Chai, where people yeah can earn badges and stuff. Um, so I started with that and basically asked them how much would it cost to um, have a trip to, for three to four days. And as you go along, you started to get more used to this process of asking people if this is possible, if 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 I could implement this um, sh- uh, schedule into um, your service. Is this a natural type or is the artificial like you have? Yes, it's a natural trail. It's a natural trail. It's it's we are basically following the famous Macleos Trail, section two and and, and three. Um, you know, like because of COVID, a lot of Hong Kong people they just just out of nowhere suddenly started hiking. Yeah. And then there's a, such an interesting news. Like there's a traffic jam in the <laughs> yep. in, uh, in the mountain because too yeah. many people are going to hike. And then, okay. Uh, my question is, which mountain in Hong Kong uh, you think it has the most beautiful scenery? Because that's what people are going for. Most of the people they just want to enjoy the view. Well, it depends on the weather, but I think in Hong Kong, you get the most beautiful views during winter, which is now. So, uh-huh. so if you're going hiking, you can go during winter break. But in terms of which mountain, I think. Macleos Trail Section Two, where we um, hike to Taiwan, I think that that beach is quite quite good. And mm-hmm. I don't know Mount Shan, Mount Shan, because like if you go very early in the morning, you get to see a a sea of clouds, mm-hmm. where the entire city is basically covered with bits of clouds. It's like you're in heaven, basically, I could oh, I would explain. Wow. Because you're above every single cloud and you get to see some of the buildings below the clouds. Oh. And when there's a specific time where the sunlight shines, you'll see those lights where it is reflect, reflected by the clouds. 
and those shuttering of lights basically gives gives a sense that you're you're in heaven. Mm. Yeah. I know a lot of students going for hike on weekends. Probably there will be more in the winter breaks. So you got advice. Yeah, but yeah. there are a lot of also there are a lot of mountains in Hong Kong where you basically walk along the um the ridge of the mountain. For example, um in Dai Tou Yan, yeah, Dai Tou Yan. Um, it's basically a, a trail where you walk along two sides of a cliff. So mm-hmm. you're walking in the middle, and you basically see see the entire um Kamchin area as well as bits of Tai Po, I think. So yeah, that that, that was quite good. During the quarantine, I hiked a not a lot, but like several times. And the h- hardest trail I've hiked is. The on pain trial probably oh, yeah, is yeah. very easy for you, but like for me, no, it no, just no, no. <laughs> it is pretty hard for me. And yeah, I think I really enjoyed it because the view is very very yeah. nice. Yeah, and I think the yeah on pain trail there's quite a lot of stairs, right? Oh yeah, the yeah. stairs. Yeah, quite a lot of stairs. So yeah, but like there are a lot of trails in Hong Kong that although don't. Might not have, have like the most beautiful views, but because like you spend such a long time, um, hiking and not giving up, I I guess when you get to the top, no uh. matter like how good the view is, you always get a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, but, I agree with you. Yeah, but like uh, during the winter break, I also plan to climb and uh, not climb, but like hike several mountain trails in Hong Kong. So today we have really really good topic, Bob, and it wraps up for today. Well, thanks for listening on the LPC Canteen, and thanks Bob for joining this episode. Follow, follow us for more updates, and see ya. Bye.